This episode of Growgetters is brought to you by the Growgetters Growth Hacks newsletter. Subscribe at growgetters.io for your fortnightly fix of hands-on hacks for a kick-ass career. Welcome to Grow Getters, the future skills podcast. Whether you're looking to build a future-proofed career in your industry or create a thriving, multi-passionate, multi-income stream lifestyle on your own terms, then you are a Grow Getter and you are in the right place. In our Snack Size weekly episodes, we'll deliver you a super actionable future skill or trend in under 10 minutes. We want to make sure you keep up to speed with all the hottest new working methods and models, tools, growth hacks and trends in business and tech to help you stay ahead of the game. Plus, in our monthly masterclass episodes, we bring you world-class experts in their fields who go deep on an in-demand skill or topic area and give you the actions, tips and advice to help you grow. I'm Tiffany Hart, a tech startup founder, entrepreneur and specialist in digital transformation and innovation. And I'm Tanya Gama, a digital business strategist, design thinker and brand and content director. So if you're ready to future-proof your career or business to stay relevant, in your element and be excellent, then subscribe to the Grow Getters podcast for your weekly fix of future skills. Hey guys, today you're in for a treat. In this week's episode, we're hosting an awesome masterclass with the one and only Stacey June. Stacey is one of Australia's most popular and longest serving podcast and radio broadcasters. She's the founder of The Thinker Girls, the author of the up and coming book, Single Pringle, and co-founder of Bijou Podcasts. She's also currently the host of three podcasts, The Stacey June Show, Hashtag Couple Goals Question Mark, and The Thinker Girls, which by the way, reached a million listens in 2018 alone. Not only is this woman a media maven, but she's also the creator and founder of The Self-Care Club, which is a weekly membership dedicated to giving your intuition and a heart a collective workout. But to top all of this off, she just became a mum. Wow. Stacy is a true Aussie powerhouse and her passion and work is dedicated to helping people feel good about themselves. Murdoch Publishing will release her latest book on May 4th titled Single Pringle, Stop Wishing Away Your Single Life and Learn to Flourish Solo. If this wasn't exciting enough, you can also read Stacey's work currently in Mamma Mia, Tendaily, News.com.au, Marie Claire, and she's also a TV presenter and appears weekly on the morning show Sunrise. We absolutely loved learning from this amazing woman. So if you're looking to create a purpose-driven career, want to learn how to make better, more intuitive decisions, and learn some great methods to help you get closer to your authentic selves, then this masterclass is a must-listen. Here's Stacey. Welcome, Stacey June, to Grow Getters. It's fabulous to have you here today. Oh, it's wonderful to be here on very random connection terms. It's um, it's really lovely to see you again. It is very random indeed because I actually met you in 2012 mm-hmm. in Tulum, Mexico, out of all places in the world. And yeah. uh, we were both solo travellers and we mm-hmm. were staying in a yoga hostel in mm-hmm. Tulum. And let's just reiterate to our listeners, this was before Tulum was a thing. Well, I was going going to say that we are not only ahead of the times, but it was also like, I feel like 
it's so bougie now, but it, for you to actually pick a holiday place before it's bougie just gives you such street cred, I feel. So forget the fact that we're podcasters. Like it's the fact that we were holidaying there before it was actually a thing. I feel like all my travels have been pre-Instagram and I'm like, damn it, why couldn't I have waited? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I've been a boring adult since Instagram has hit its peak. Mm. But when I when I did meet you in Tulum, it was the the really crappy thing was it was the first day of your travels mm-hmm. there and it mm-hmm. was the last day of mine. So we literally had one day together, but we we really connected and I remember I I was really inspired by you already at the time because you had just left your corporate job in Mm -hmm. PR Mm -hmm. and you were entering the media and radio world. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, that is so fantastic. I really admired your bravery and your courage in doing that because it is super hard to leave a very well-paying, very secure corporate job to pursue your passion. And so this was in 2012. And what I would like to open up our masterclass today with is what has been your journey since 2012, like your career journey so far? Wow. Um, yeah, that's so funny because when you explain those, I guess, you know, the way that you hear someone explain you and then you try and think about how you feel in that moment, I feel that now and I have felt that again because I think I'm a person that constantly chases a form of authenticity, which I think is constantly evolving. So in order for you to continue to de-layer and keep finding out who you are, I think we've all got an idea of who we are, but we only continue to really dig deeper as we get older and discover more about ourselves. So that real brave, big jump that you explained there, it was hilarious that I just kind of roll my eyes and think, far out, I've done that so many more times since then. And now I'm going to have to cap that in like in a minute summary of what I've done. But um, in short, uh, I did leave a PR role, which I was essentially very unhappy with for a long time. I always was searching. I always felt like there was something bigger for me, um, which I think is where the very beginnings of that intuition and that foundation of my intuition were there. At the time, I didn't I don't think I realized how to practice it or how to utilize it in the moment. But now looking back and and taking those risks and, and really understanding there was something bigger for me without necessarily knowing what it was has taught me how much I can pull back on that and how much I can really trust it and hone in because things do really work out when you follow that that inner voice and we can talk about that in depth later because that's just all the thing I want to talk about at the moment it's just my my biggest passion and my redirection career-wise but back then I yeah I, I knew that I was working behind the scenes at the beginning um, for Nova radio station and I just knew that I had stories I wanted to share of my own and that takes balls, man. It, like I didn't have anyone in my family that was in the media or, you know, went to the kind of creative universities or had some form of intellectualism around creativity. It was all kind of, you know, pretty blue collar workers. Um, you work hard, you earn money, you spend Christmas together, you have a big 40th and you're on your way. You know, like these are the celebration points. This is, this is the kind of life I saw, which was still wonderful, but I, I didn't, I didn't really know how to think beyond that. So, I to actually get a bit of a a bit of courage to think, oh, okay, my ideas 
are worth hearing. It's it's a really big step. So I did decide that they were worth hearing and I did pursue a media career where I um, was a radio announcer for a long time and did regional breakfast radio for many years, uh, trying to get my foot in the door to get a metro job. And sure enough, uh, I was one of the million that did, uh, like one in a million, I should say. There's definitely not a million people getting jobs in metro radio um, positions. But I, yeah, did regional stuff. But on the background, I was really being quite savvy and very much thinking about what my voice was. And so when I was in regional radio, it wasn't necessarily encouraged for me to talk about the kinds of topics I was interested in, which is where I started a podcast many moons ago called Thinker Girl, the podcast, which then evolved into the Thinker Girls, the brand. Uh, and it became a place where 20-somethings would listen into the podcast. We did viral videos. We kind of kept up with the Joneses. Memes were very different back then. They were like literally the dodgiest paid jobs ever. Um, but it was just trying to be funny but have some form of innovative, smart kind of um, conversation around women's um, lives, really. I, I hate the word women's issues or topics because they're not issues. It's just African life. So um, they weren't being done in mainstream media. So on the side, I guess it was a side hustle, but really it was my main focus. I was building a um, all-female brand with another female co-host and business partner uh, and we built a brand to be so successful that in the end we didn't want radio and then radio came knocking on our door and we got a national radio show um, out of that brand. Uh, And then I guess I pivoted again once that ended and really had a bit of a discussion with myself and my listeners after the Thinker Girls signed off and thought, well, what is it that they listen and follow me for and what is it that I want to do without all of the real the shit fight essentially the hard work because that was a slog and I just got to a point where I was early 30s you know moving into my mid-30s I'd had burnouts and I'd really you know wipe myself off in terms of fatigue and I just started to think about my life very differently and so slowly but surely I uh, moved into coaching and, and doing online courses and started to really look into passive income as I knew I wanted to become a mother and, um, and have built another element of my business as well as obviously my media and broadcasting things, which definitely complement it. But the real focus of my business now is my coaching um, and my digital offerings. And I've just written a book as well. So lots of different income streams, still very stressful, still pivoting, still trying to juggle, still trying to make it work. So that girl that you met then very much feels like she's as raw as they can be still how many years later almost eight nine ten years later so I don't know if that was a a short enough a summary of what's happened since then but um it's definitely been a journey and this year I became a mum so yeah big stuff big big stuff wow wow that is a massive eight years since 2012 (laughs) honestly I'm so surprised I did that within that short amount of time. When I saw, you know, I thought about the question earlier, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to possibly summarize this, but there we go. But you're such a pioneer because for all of our Aussie listeners uh, tuning in, Stacey's podcast, The Thinker Girls, was very much a pioneering podcast because I think since Thinker Girls launched and became so successful, then a slew of female-friendly podcasts came through the door that discussed, you know, life topics, pop culture, entertainment. You know, I think you honestly paved the way for Mamma Mia and I think you paved the way for Shameless 
Atlas and all of the podcasts that have come through since then as well. So I think massive credit to you. And I've been really thoroughly enjoying watching your career from afar since we met in Tulum, Mexico. So, <laughs> and now Stace, Growgetters, we're, we're not a pop culture or entertainment podcast, but we are a podcast that is all about ensuring women have the skills they need to future-proof their careers and businesses. This is what we are super, super passionate about. And while we do focus a lot on the harder skills that focus on new working methods and tech like AI or Agile, um, and design thinking, we do also look at the softer skills that you need to succeed in your career to create a side hustle like you've did and turn it into a, an empire and a successful business. So like I said previously, the thing that I have always admired about your career journey is your ability to listen to your intuition and to trust your gut. So I want to ask you, do you make career decisions based on both the head and the heart or is it just the heart? And honestly, what is your secret? Yeah, intuition is, I guess, I suppose I like to call it our inner friend. And if we're really working quite closely with mine is a her, um, she identifies as a female, my inner friend. She um, She's certainly a cheerleader, you know, like I think often we think, oh, she's very confident and very supportive and very positive. Like surely that can't be real. But yeah, it is real. You know, that intuition isn't necessarily this unrealistic chick that's kind of a bit vague and naive and, and not not smart in her offerings and encouragement. She actually is just there to believe that you can do it because you, you effing can. And I think it's just a matter of how. And so I suppose I've always been able to have this inner voice that I've listened to and then been very whip smart and and I guess very somewhat aggressive and quite focused on the how. So the, the intuition isn't coming into the how. That's more of a head, I guess I call it also masculine energy or the yang. Some people like to call it the yang energy, whereas the yin energy is really about that maternal encouragement, softer side. And I don't want to use the word softer and, and anyone to really look at the softer side as lack of strength or any form of uh, weaker ability. I think that they both really need to complement each other because if you do have, I guess, that more yang energy and you all are your all plan, all action, there isn't this ability for you to necessarily be believed. <laughs> Often you're not believing yourself. You're not really even checking in with yourself to understand what your purpose or your intention is. So therefore, how could anyone possibly even take that? So often businesses that kind of, you know, are left clients or people that you're pitching to, they're left a bit lackluster is because that particular yin energy or that intuition is often not there. And it's as simple as just checking in with that daily through a meditation practice, maybe a journal where if you're feeling uneasy about something that you're doing in business or in your career, you can ask yourself a question. There is an inner friend within all of us and it's something that needs to be taken much more seriously in the world of business. Yeah, I 100% agree. And that's why I am so happy that you're here to talk to us today. And you did touch on some of the pivots and the risks that you've taken in your career to date. I want to know what is probably the biggest risk that you've taken so far and what were some of the major lessons or, or key lesson learned in doing so? 
Uh, I think the biggest lesson was that I, when I quit my radio job to concentrate on getting Thinker Girls up, but at the same time, it was really, the strategy was to get a radio show. So I was like, hang on. So you're going to quit your only radio, your only paid income radio job that has essentially this, what they used to call a talent pipeline, which was just such a crock for regional people because you're just kind of out there in the bush being told that somehow you're going to get to Metro, which look, I did, but not many people do. So it's this pipeline, you're just kind of waiting around. But essentially to quit that, which is your only in, and, and I don't know if you, you're in, your listeners might be international, or even Australian, it's even regional markets or smaller radio markets are incredibly competitive to get into. So, you know, once I decided I wanted to step out, it was a pretty big move. And, and my co-host at the time continued on. I think that was the other big thing is that we were kind of in it together, but then I made a decision to be in it more. And that was also really full on for our dynamic. And 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 also just to think about later on when we did end up coming back in fairly evenly, you know, I had done different amounts of work. So there was a whole lot of risk, not only just from my end, but also from our relationship and our business moving forward that one of us was going to essentially take it and the other wasn't, you know, even though we both were taking risks all the time. I'm not taking away anything from my partner, but it it really was a very big decision on my end and it was a solo entity in a, in a joint business. So it was very kind of big and I moved into a garage. I, I definitely wanted to take off any pressure of financials because I was really focused on making sure I made decisions that had nothing to do with money. I thought if I'm going to do this, I want to be able to make the right decision for the right reasons, not because I need to survive XXX. And look, I definitely need to feed myself. And I had a a column with news.com.au at the time. Uh, It was well paid and, um, and I got to still flesh out my ideas. We still had a podcast and we're still doing little bits and pieces, but essentially I'd moved away from the industry that I wanted to get into to get ahead. And so on paper, it didn't make any sense, but in my gut, I was like, there's only so many closed doors I can take. I need to do something dramatic to shift this uh, and if radio is what we end up doing that it will be there and if not we need to pursue other roads so we were talking to Channel V at the time uh, we were pitching you know different television shows with Screen Australia uh, and Channel V we almost got a television show up we almost also almost got one up with ABC neither of those end up falling you know, they both fell 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 apart really uh, for numerous different reasons, and many pitches tend to. As if you're an entrepreneur or anybody that's in the media industry, that's you know, you don't really hear about all the things that don't work. But in amongst all of that, where we were focusing on something completely different, uh, I got a segment on Kyle and Jackie O, which did quite well, and they were essentially in the background trialing us for the night show that we ended up getting. So it was funny. I, I really turned my attention. It became a bit of an obsession and there was a real ooze of desperation because so much depended on that. I needed to step away from that to end up getting what we wanted anyway. So yeah, I mean, looking back, was radio the right decision for us? We were a podcast that, you know, did so many incredible things and eventually the industry did end up carrying itself. I I don't really have regrets, but it is an interesting question, you know, that even if people do come knocking on your door, does it mean you always have to answer? At that time was the right thing for us, but it's definitely something, all of those risks and that big risk has taught me so much more than just 
you get the job. It's more about also, okay, well, next time, will I even take it? And and, and what kind of position can you put your, yourself in to truly have the power? Amazing. I, I feel like, you know, Tiffany and I, my co-host Tiffany, we often talk about self-disruption because, you know, we're living in this age where because of digitalization and all of these new technologies coming through, whole industries are being completely disrupted, if not completely wiped out. And I feel like we often talk about how can we apply disruption to ourselves, like in our own careers. And I feel like what you just described is the perfect example of disrupting yourself. And it's something that I think many people should or could do but it does take that that bravery that and you were really bold and you were very very ambitious and focused right and I think at the time I was in the I was in the I was I I had that ability right so I was single I you know I didn't have I had no relationship I it was just me and my ambition and is that something I would do now no I have a child I'm married and I also don't want to be living in a garage like so there are times and it doesn't need to necessarily look that extreme but I really applaud you for saying that because I still do think about ways to engage in that in my own life in different versions and disrupt is such a word that I suppose if you're a real kind of self-development person or care and you're really working through trying to find ease and flow it's really a word that doesn't necessarily go hand in hand with that kind of life but I'm in this self-care space now and I still want the busyness so I am and when I say busyness I don't mean hectic burnout work you know 17 hours a day I mean busyness is in the challenge so I am finding yeah and I think a lot of us are still finding that balance of having flow particularly passive income and being so smart and doing it all this way but it's also like okay where the f is the challenge you know because I still definitely require that to make sure that I'm expanding having said that though I don't necessarily need to do that and have a baby in the same year, which I've learned because I finished my book this year and had a baby and I thought, hmm, maybe I didn't need this disruption after all. <laughs> End up mastitis for anyone that's had a child. So, yeah, I think it's it's got to be the right window is what I'm saying and I think you can constantly do it but you need to also be smart about it and not to your own physical detriment or, you know, your mental well-being too. Definitely. And I think disruption isn't necessarily a dirty word and there are definitely mm-hmm. degrees of disruption. I think another another way to look at it, which maybe isn't as harsh as disruption, is just evolution, mm. like constantly and like you said, challenging yourself. And I think we are in an, an age now where as working women, if we want to have a career that spans the next few decades, because let's face it, most of us will have to work for a very long time in today's economic climate. If we want to continue to to resonate with our customers or people we're connecting with and continue to be relevant, you have to constantly evolve and you have to constantly shift. And sometimes that is about shaking things up in yourself and disrupting yourself in, in the best possible way. Mm, it Totally. And I think there's just plenty of ways to do that. And it can be very, very small things. You know, it might be that if you're working from home that you go and work from a co-space. It, can, it, it does sound silly, but I say this to my coaching clients all the time, do not underestimate the small moves. Do not. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent agree with that. And it sounds like you're a person that is very, very driven by your own inner purpose. So I think 
it's something that your intuition guides you in, but it, it does sound like all of the decisions you've made have been a reflection of what motivates you personally, what gives you that flow, what makes you want to get up every morning. So generally, what role has purpose played in your career? I think it's 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 definitely evolved. I think purpose at the beginning was the real, um, I guess, a form of activist in me, a bit of a um, screw you mentality. You're not going to give two girls a radio show. We'll show you, you know, very much about potentially going back to the dinner table and not always feeling like I had a voice. You know, it does come from, it comes from the basics. It comes from the beginnings. Um, and that's not to say, you know, that I, I wasn't encouraged to speak, you know, but look, let's not get into that. But my point is it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to come from a hideous family or anything. It's just that we do start to get little things that evolve our passion or or make us who we are. And I think those are the things that we really need to captivate. So I could look at it going, well, bloody hell, I can't get a word in. Well, instead, I went and actually got a national radio show and got a word in and then some. But that's kind of my point. It, it seems to at the beginning have been from a bit of a I'll show you mentality, whereas now my purpose, and I say that in inverted commas because I think it is a, it's a few different things. I think for me it's more about how I feel in my body physically because I am a person that has had all kinds of fatigue, as I've mentioned, and anxiety, and it's just not something that I I think health and the way that we feel is 100% something that we just really undervalue. And I know it sounds really cliche and I know it sounds like I'm getting older. And if you're a Thinker Girls fan, you'll be like, wow, she's, you know, it, like it's just not something that I think we think about in our 20s. And then all of a sudden in my 30s, I think a lot of people don't even really start thinking about it until they get to their 40s. But I was like, no, I don't want to fight against myself. I want to find a groove that excites me and sparks things in me that doesn't, take and deplete from me you know doesn't it doesn't deplete me and doesn't take from me so my body is definitely a bit of a I guess a messenger as to what works from a purpose perspective now but also values you know it's it's very different the kinds of television shows the kinds of things that I do the things that I want to be involved in the people that I want to be involved in it has to come back to you know, a, a like-minded value system. And it's funny because I did a workshop about values and dating and now I feel like I'm working that into my everyday life, even in a relationship that if you don't fit with my value system, then it isn't, it just isn't something that drives me anymore. So the purpose has definitely come from different places, but um, that's where it's it's kind of sitting for me at the moment. I love that. Yeah, that's that's so true. And it does drive every kind of facet of your life, doesn't it? It's not just about your purpose fueling your career, but yeah, those like-minded values when choosing a partner, when choosing a business partner, when choosing a, a job or a workplace, it definitely drives everything and it underpins everything. I couldn't agree more. So Stace, you've been gracing our Aussie TV screens and you've been in our ears for a very long time. And there was a point, or was there a point, let me put it to you, (laughs) where you, when did you decide to become this self-care entrepreneur and create your very own business? It was funny because, I mean, there's two elements of that. From a career perspective, I hate when people say this, but I did kind of, it just, I kind of fell into it, to be honest. And I read an article of someone saying that today. And there's a very successful uh, female um, 
radio announcer that would say it a lot in her interviews and it would drive me effing crazy. It's like I am busting my gut moving around the country here and you just fell into your job, bloody hell. But I did, you know. Essentially, I just pivoted and I saw that uh, the Thinker Girls is definitely just running its course and I, 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 I knew I also wanted to work independently. It was just got to a point where I really wanted to run my own business. I didn't want to have to you know, run things through anyone anymore. I didn't want, I just didn't want that in my life, particularly when I knew I was going to start a family and I was, it was just, everything was going to be a little bit, moved a little bit more inward into my family dynamic. And I don't think I consciously thought all of this at the time. I'm a bit more of a spiritually led person that again, it was, I was feeling that way, but now I can definitely see how it evolves. So I kind of ran with, I suppose, things that interested me. And I was very passionate about girls, single women in particular, um, really making sure that they didn't wish away their single lives. And so I started to write a book and I also trialed a few online digital courses, which went incredibly well. So I thought, okay, well, maybe there's some things here that I can teach or at least share. I don't even think I was confident enough to use the word teach then. I could share in like mini groups. So I launched a group coaching where essentially I put together a bit of a guide of how people could create their own self-care practice, just like I had. I was always a very um, self-made, I guess, wellness person. I would go to many healers, many teachers. I did a lot of courses, a lot of studying, but I really always came back to a you know, a clean sheet of paper, a typo calendar printout, and I would just scribble all over it myself and have my own boot camp or my own self-care kind of um, goals or, you know, whatever it is. I didn't, even when we were in Tulum, I wasn't going to these American yoga retreats. I was going to a yoga, a place that I stayed at a place that did yoga and just did it in my own way. So I've always kind of crafted my own wellness retreats in my own life. So I thought, I wonder if I could share this. So I did. And then it went very well. And I shared it again at the beginning of the next season and the next. And a few people had started to really request one-on-one coaching. So I just upskilled every step of the way. I was like, that's something I would want to do. Am I, why am I sitting back on it? There was a very big kind of ego-y, I guess, inner dialogue, I guess, distracted that got in the way a little bit of stepping out of media, this glamorous kind of, you know, the job that you're on air and it's all this bullshit bullshit that goes with that into this hippie self-development person you know I I was really not wearing the labels well I was finding that transition incredibly hard Um, so I just really tried to focus on the things I wanted to do and then worked through it from there and forgot the labels which is why I don't even call myself a life coach I don't feel like I'm a coach for everything in life I definitely am a self-care coach and help people figure out how to self-care for themselves so then the coaching just kind of happened and and sure, you know, quickly I just realized this feels incredibly easy to me. It's so much aligned with my values. I've always been passionate about women finding their voice uh, and following their intuition and now I'm showing them my way and I feel in flow and it's a value. Like it's all the things that I said I wanted to do and then I make money from it. It's just and I can do it when I want, how I want with a baby. You know, that was the other thing that I didn't realize how incredibly lucky I was that I created this flexibility for myself, you know. And so 
yeah, I kind of pivoted into this role and I still feel like I've got multifaceted um, interests and I'm still working that out, you know, but even today I'm having, you know, the last couple of days I'm having big conversations with my husband who's very involved with my business and career and and is definitely a great support from that end. Then sometimes he's kind of over the convo, I must say, but um, I, I think because I I do still question a lot, you know, I, I definitely had a very strong career and I work very hard for that. So sometimes it is hard to kind of accept that you've pivoted this way and why and, and all those kinds of things. And that's really backing your intuition every day and trusting your values that will lead you where you need to go and, and that success can come again. You know, I think that's the thing I'm learning is that I'm 37 years old. It's not over for me, but also I have other priorities and and I need to find a way to juggle those. I'm not that single girl that can move into a garage and risk it all anymore, but I need to find ways for that to still apply to me in a new way. And so I really am learning about myself this year and continuing to de-layer. And, um, and I suppose, yeah, that's how I found myself here. And it feels very, very good. It feels very, very strong and feels very aligned and it feels incredibly honest. It feels really like it's, it's the work that I should 100% be doing and it would be a bit of a travesty to not share what I have to offer in this. And I do genuinely feel that. It makes me a bit emotional hearing myself say that because I still do doubt it. Like there's still, I'm still at the early stages of it. So, um, but that's what happens with your intuition. Your mind can doubt it, but in, if you are really connected to your body, it doesn't doubt it. It doesn't doubt it. Oh, that's amazing. I feel incredibly inspired. And what you said about these labels that we put on ourselves and these categories we put ourselves in and and that head, yeah, that, that pesky little voice in your head that tries to get in the way of what your heart and your body is telling you, that is something I think every woman can resonate with and has experienced and continues to experience. Mm. I think putting that those doubts aside is so essential in living this life that you were born to do. I completely agree with that. And I thank you for your generosity in sharing that. I think that is so, so valuable. And I, I wanted to know also, did you lean on other women for support? So did you have any, or do you still have any mentors or certain women that have raised you up on this journey that you continue to spar with um, if you have new ideas or any women around you that have kind of helped you along? It's funny. I do have like lots of fancy names and different people in my life, but at the end of the day, I really come back to people that know me and that really know me. And I've got two very good girlfriends and I've just got some really solid people in my life around me, in my social group that are whip smart, that back themselves, that back me and that really that give me the confidence that I could be, you know, sitting across from some very high profile person, or I could be going for the biggest job, you know, it's looked upon from the outside of my career. But then there's these people saying, well, effort or walk away, you know, they're the kinds of people that you want in your corner. So the word mentor, sometimes I do kind of go, should I have someone, you know, from a professional perspective? And I do think I've started to think about that, but I work with a lot of incredible people as well in different modalities for my own physical journey or emotional journey, whether that's therapists or healers or Chinese doctors or even my midwives. And I just make sure I pull as much 
wisdom I can from those people. So I'm a bit more of a that everyday person. I have conversations with people. I keep in contact with people. I make sure that I check in with them. So then when I need that, I have this real respect that I can ask for something back. And I think that's always worked much better for me than these kind of stagnant coffees. And trust me, I've had plenty of them. And I've met some incredible women and I've had a lot of great advice But I feel like the real true kind of power I've had were from people that I've had intimate relationships that may have nothing to do with the business that I'm in, but that are good, solid, strong women or men that know me, know what I want and kind of find the way to be smart and wise in amongst knowing you as a person, as opposed to necessarily going too much into the headspace of what you should do, you know, from a business perspective. I think that's where we can sometimes then go on directions that potentially will lead us not nowhere, but maybe a bit of a longer road. When it, when if you're talking to people that know you and really back you, focus on those people because you'll get there much quicker. They're gonna they're gonna give you the courage to be yourself. They're not going to give you the business strategy, but they're going to tell you that you have the answers already. And that's what you want. They're the kinds of conversations that are much more powerful than emailing the CEO that you'll have a few minutes with. Still beneficial, but just not as powerful in my opinion. It really reminds me of that, I think it might be a Chinese proverb about roots and wings so it sounds like this circle of men and women that are, that stabilize you, that are your rock, they're like your roots and you need those roots to have the wings to to fly and, and do what you know is right for you. And I think that's really great advice, Stacey. Thank you so much for sharing it all, that. It also encourages you to water plants near you, you know, like we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves where we're really focused on that end goal and all of a sudden everything's shiny, like particularly for my career, everything was very shiny. You know, I could catch up for coffee with all kinds of interesting people, particularly when we were in our shiniest part, everybody wanted to be our friend. But at the end of the day, they're not my, you know, they're not people I'm calling now and also it's just, I don't know, it's just one of those things that also allows you to have some dignity in who you are. So when those things aren't necessarily there, and they'll be there again, if you're a person that's kind of had peaks and troughs, they come back, it's nothing that they won't. But if you're watering the garden around you, you've just got this dignity in who you are. And I think that just allows us to sleep a bit better at night too, that we're also investing in relationships that are very close to us and invest in us rather than taking them for granted. So if your mum is giving you the greatest career advice, don't take her for granted. You know, I think that's the interesting thing just because she might not be, I don't know, like Carrie Bickmore or Jackie O or someone super famous on the radio or the TV that, you know, sure, you catch up with and have lunch with and it might just be somebody that's a really big boss in your bank or someone that you really admire, your supervisor in a tech company or whatever. And sure, they give you the time, but if your mum's the one that's kind of said to you, well, why did she do that? You should be smart and ask this, this, and this. Don't underestimate that advice, you know, because I think there is something, the mums don't know every. I'm not saying that it, it might not be your mum, but it's just people that are close to you sometimes can be taken for granted on being the greatest mentors, you know. 
they're the ones that actually have a bit of perspective. They're, they're not in the industry. So they also can see things a bit more holistically and they know you and they know what they know you so well and they know you intimately. And I think that definitely helps. No, I love that. It's mm. so true. And I'm not sure what stage you're in if you're finished, but you are embarking on a major career milestone because you have written your own book or are you still completing the book? I've written a book and it will be out uh, early next year. Yeah, 2021. Wow. Can you tell us what has this process been like from how did you come up with the idea if you're allowed to divulge as much as you are prepared to divulge, but from the idea to it happening to it actually coming <laughs> to fruition, what has that process been like? That is an amazing, amazing feat. Well done. Thank you. Um Again, it was one of those things that I felt like the stories I was sharing on my radio show and on my podcast were lessons that I felt were in a book. I felt like they should live in a book. And I, you know, I looked back in into my um, school reports recently because I'd always been told that I shouldn't have chosen year 12 literature. And I remember this teacher kind of really challenging me on I guess, my writing skills. So when I thought about writing a book, it wasn't necessarily like I had this childhood dream thinking that I wanted to be a writer. It was just something that I felt like was a story that should be told in that medium. And I think that's really important to know as well is that if there is something you want to do or there is a story or an element of your journey that you feel needs to be expressed, it doesn't really matter. You don't have to have experience in the way it's done. It's really about the intention and the story that you have that matters. I knew that these stories belonged in a book and essentially it was the book that I wish I had have had when I was single and just being able to have, I guess, the confidence to know that there was a life that I could enjoy and live without necessarily signing off to a romantic relationship but not being obsessed with it as well. One didn't cancel out the other. And I think sometimes it's like if you're single and empowered and a woman, that all of a sudden it means you don't want a relationship and potentially you're on the road to spincerhood. And it's just crap. Like it's just like there's got to be a way where we can still be somebody that desires that kind of a relationship and potentially a family if that's what you want as well as not necessarily obsessing about when that's going to happen. So there wasn't a book out there like that. I was very passionate about it and essentially I feel like I kind of clocked it because I did get to that point. I was comfortable being by myself and then that's when I met my husband. So there you go. And I just kind of really didn't feel this aggressive pitch process I did with a lot of the other things I did in my media career. And I didn't need to because the publisher kind of came, it just worked very naturally at the right time. I wasn't really obsessed with it because I just knew it would happen. So I think it's probably been about five years in the making if you start the time I started writing notes in my phone where all good ideas begin in the notes section or I use Evernote. And I started writing funny stories really, I guess, connected to different guys and then underneath I would write the lesson I learned from them. So that's really how it started, which then ended up being chapters, which then I figured out is not how you write a book. You've got to have themes and ideas. <laughs> so then it was just, it was such a, a fascinating process. I had absolutely no idea when I got that first advance what the hell to do. And that is where I did uh, actually connect with a few other authors and people that I did admire who really encouraged me to think of it as a blog and kind of build those blogs up. 
But I really had a very clear structure of a past, present kind of future element of yourself. But the greatest part and the twist in this story was is funnily enough, it really was my coaching and all of the online, uh, I guess, offerings that I started to do that really helped me shape essentially the lessons and I guess the expertise that ended up going into a book that was also through the voice of a very, I guess, innocent single chick trying to make it work. So there was this really lovely connection that came through and uh, and I'm glad that's why timing is so important as hard as it is to accept and as hard as it is to really hang on to the fact that we have to surrender that part of a lot of our goals and dreams. It was so important because it really helped me without all of those elements which I really needed to wait for. Like I, there's no way I was starting my own business doing everything else I was doing. So once I started to do that, was there was all of this experience I had working with different women who were single and coming to me for advice. I understood how to talk to them even more specifically than I already was. So look, it's been about five years in the making. I guess I've really been solidly writing it for 12 months. Oh, <laughs> this book sounds so amazing. I it It's the book I seriously wish I had when I was 25 and You're 27. In and- You're in it. You're in it. You're in it. I... I- <laughs> because this this story, I can't believe that it's this story. That, well, that story of when I met you, I was in such a incredibly kind of dark, depressed time because I was traveling on my own, and I I left a lot of friends in New York, and I was really struggling. And then I met you, and figured out you knew those friends, and there was just this whole kind of randomness, and I was like oh my God, we are so protected if we jump, you know, if we jump and we follow this gut, which at the time I didn't know what that was. But if we follow it, all of a sudden someone will pop and there'll be a friendly face and you'll have a nice dinner and the next morning all will be well. And just those lessons obviously are sprinkled through the entire book, but that was a very big one for traveling on your own that I I included because so many of us are scared to do those kinds of things and and I really encourage um, encourage everyone to give that a go because traveling on your own is just life changing. Oh, we could do a whole episode <laughs> on wishing wishing your life away, waiting for Prince Charming to come. Mm. I think it's also a symptom of our generation because you and I are both 37. We are classified as older millennials. I love that term. <laughs> we are the elder millennials. <laughs> and I feel like we were that really tricky sub-generation that was fed on a diet of sex in the city as well as on a diet of more progressive um, TV shows and books. So we are in this real wedge between younger millennials and Gen Mm, X mm. and it's so tricky and I do look back and I think in the days of freedom, gosh, I definitely wished a lot of uh, time away just, you know, worrying about all of that Mm. stuff when now when you're a real adult – well, you know, <laughs> with a mortgage, with kids, whatever, uh, then you kind of think, oh, God, those were really the golden years. They were the days of freedom. I mean, the time is beautiful now, but I think this book is going to speak and connect with so, so many women. So I cannot wait to read it. I will get my hands on a copy, especially because I'm in it. I'm stoked. Of course you should. And I think it's also a great read for anyone that is – also looking to find independence in their relationship. You know, it won't be marketed to you, but I certainly got so much out of 
you know, doing the writing I did this year on making sure that that single Pringle, which is what the book's called, that single Pringle stays within me forever. You know, that, that, that exactly as we said earlier, that real disruption or that, that challenge that we have in ourselves stays there and that we have that independence within our romantic relationships. And, and so I do encourage anyone that is looking for that and to find that spark in themselves, in a relationship, to have a go at, at reading it as well, because I do, I got a lot out of it. And, um, and I didn't, I didn't really expect that when I was kind of doing the extra bits on it this year. Absolutely. I think, oh, <laughs> I think we cannot uh, rely on our romantic partner or life partner to fulfill every need. Mm. It is simply impossible possible and it's been it's been very tricky during this pandemic when we've been in lockdown with our very very intimate loved ones because we haven't had uh, the same support from our social circle as we mm. usually would. I mean, Zoom calls and WhatsApp calls and FaceTime can only get you so far. But a big lesson learned for me during this pandemic is, you know, how much I need outside sources mm. of energy. So I'm definitely an extrovert and I need them from my friends. I need them from work and what I do. Uh, like you, I also have a little baby and had one this year. And I think without grow getters, uh, I would be a little bit lost. I think it's so important to have the various energy sources and mm. you cannot get that all from one person. It's simply impossible. Mm. Mm, I agree. Now, Stace, we wouldn't have a typical Growgetters episode without a bit of a practical hands-on question. Oh, yes. So we, this is where the uh, <laughs> the very, very sensible question comes in. Are there any tools or resources that you could not live without when it comes to the way you work every day? You mentioned Evernote, for mm -hmm, example, mm -hmm. in pulling together your thoughts and, and journaling and pulling together inspirations and ideas are there any other tools or resources or apps um oh okay that's a good one I think that we should all be tracking our period so we can actually activate our most I guess effective working times of our cycles and I I really do not kid like there are just parts of our on average 28 day cycle where we do work more effectively and instead of fighting it, have your big meeting if you have a choice at a time where you've just come, you've just finished your period because you'll have more energy, you'll be up for it, you know, not a day before you're due. It, it sounds so ridiculous, but we need to start activating this information and education into our work life because it's a superpower. So clue mm -hmm. I use. I also like, you know, I think meditation is important, not just from, you know, a mindfulness thing and anxiety thing or all of those kinds of different things people practice it for, but it's very important to be able to have an option to separate your mind and your heart. So we've had a big conversation about intuition and how a lot of our business ideas are ran from that real kind of masculine yang power, go, go, go energy. And then we've got the different form of a, a yin energy. If we don't separate and really understand what each of them are, it's very easy for us to get a bit muddled, kind of make short circuit decisions, feel a little bit confused and frustrated. So I would be kind of practicing a way to have a, a bit of a quiet time so you can hear that inner voice every day and know the difference between your, you know, your, the smarts and your action voice, you know, your real business kind of oriented go-getter go, go -getter voice. And that's a tool that I think is 
completely, it would be my biggest business tool recommendation. I have a worksheet Finder Intuition on my website and I want to do a whole lot more in 2021 around this with business, ironically, because I do think that there is this wonderful ability for us to harness a clarity in our decisions and a clarity in our effectiveness of our day and a clarity within our team dynamics. You know, it doesn't have to be so blurry. And I think it's important that we also harness this tool because of the way we communicate. So social media, text, all that kind of stuff, it can get a bit murky without that clarity as well. So I know that's not necessarily a tech, but that could come as a Buddhify meditation app. It could be, um, it could be, you know, some mindfulness app that you have. But really at the end of the day, it's also, for me, my iPhone, a lot like my iPhone uh, timer, which I put on with the time and I sit there and I try and understand that my thoughts are my distraction and that's it and I try and let them go and separate the two and I guess a very big book that helps is an incredible book and influencer for me is uh, The Untethered Soul by Michael A. Singer. He talks very much about how you can every day try and separate the two not to necessarily ignore one or the other but just to understand the difference and have a real powerful um, approach to your day with that knowledge. Thank you so so much Stacey for all of your inspirational advice. Thank you for all of these tips as well. We'll make sure that we include links to your inspiration worksheet in the show notes. And this episode will probably be going live when your book is hitting our bookshelves and we cannot bloody wait. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thanks. It's been so wonderful talking to you. And I'm so glad you guys are doing this. I think I'm in such gratitude for these types of uh, products that give us this real practical approach to succeeding. I am so, I'm just so passionate about having tools and actually discussing them, not this kind of shiny way of, we just get there. Surprise, we're here. And I just think what you're doing is great. Oh, thank you. Likewise, sister. <laughs> thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Stacy. Thanks, mate. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Grow Getters. If you enjoyed listening but want to dive even deeper into the very latest skills, hacks, tools, models and trends of the future, then we have something very exciting to bring you. We have a big project we're brewing over here at Grow Getters and we cannot wait to share it with you. Are you dreaming about a career that provides you both purpose and profit? Are you looking to ensure you stay professionally relevant in today's quite crazy volatile world? Do you like the sound of having direct access to world-class experts teaching in-demand, highly sought-after skills? Being part of a tight community of movers and shakers practicing the hottest models and methods in their own careers and businesses and curating the most relevant skills, resources and knowledge to help you get where you want to go in your career? If the answer is yes, 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 then head on over to growgetters.io and sign up to make sure you're one of the first to get exclusive access. Chat to you next week and let's get growing.